0: The Sunday Sermons of St. Alphonsus to the Gurry, Sermon 32 for the third Sunday after Pentecost, On the Mercy of God Toward Sinners. There shall be joy in heaven upon one sinner that doth penance, more than upon ninety-nine just who need not penance. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost Amen. In this day's gospel, it is related that the Pharisees murmured against Jesus Christ, because he received sinners and ate with them. This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. In answer to their murmurings, our Lord said, If any of you had a hundred sheep and lost one of them, would he not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go in search of the lost sheep? Would he not continue his search until he found it? And having found it, would he not carry it on his shoulders and rejoicing, say to his friends and neighbors, Rejoice with me, because I have found my sheep that was lost? In conclusion, the Son of God said, I say to you, There shall be joy in heaven upon one sinner that doth penance more than upon ninety-nine just that need not penance. There is more joy in heaven upon one sinner who returns to God than upon many just who preserve the grace of God. Let us then today speak on the mercy of God which shows to sinners first in calling them to repentance secondly in receiving them when they return. First point, the mercy of God in calling sinners to repentance. After having sinned by eating the forbidden apple, Adam fled from the face of the Lord through the shame of the sin that he had committed. What must have been the astonishment of the angels when they saw God seeking after him and calling him as it were with tears, saying, Adam, where art thou? My beloved Adam, where art thou? These words, says Father Pereira, in his commentary on this passage are the words of a father in search of his lost son. Towards you, brethren, the Lord acts in a similar manner. You fled from him and he has so often invited you to repentance by means of confessions and preachers. Who was it that spoke to you when they exhorted you to penance? It was the Lord. Preachers are, as St. Paul says, his ambassadors. For Christ, therefore, we are ambassadors; God, as it were, exerting by us. Hence, he writes to the sinners of Corinth: For Christ, we beseech you, be reconciled to God. In explaining these words, Saint Chrysostom says that the Holy, the Doctor Jesus Christ, entreats himself to you, O sinners. He entreats you, and what does he entreat you to do? To make peace with God. It is not God that acts like an enemy, but you. That is, God does not refuse to make peace with sinners, but they are unwilling to be reconciled with him. But notwithstanding the refusal of sinners to return to God, he does not cease to continue to call them by so many interior inspirations, remorses of conscience, and terrors of chastisements. Thus, beloved Christians, God has spoken to you, in seeing that you disregarded his words, he has had such recourse to scourges. He has called you to repentance by such a persecution, by temporal losses, by the death of a relative, by sickness, which has brought you to the brink of the grave. He has, according to Holy David, placed before your eyes the bow of your damnation, not that you might be condemned to eternal misery but that you might be delivered from hell, which you deserved. Thou hast been given a warning to them that fear thee, that they may flee from, flee from before the bowl, that, they, that thy beloved may be delivered. You regarded certain afflictions as misfortunes, but they were mercies from God. They were the voices of God calling on you, to turn around sin, that you might escape perdition. My jaws are become hoarse. My son, says the Lord, I have almost lost my voice in calling you to repentance. I am weary of entreating thee. I have become weary in imploring you to offend me no more. By your ingratitude, you deserve that he should call you no more. But he has continued to invite you to return to him. And who is it that has called you? It is a God of infinite majesty who is to be one day your judge and on whom your eternal happiness or misery depends. And what are you but miserable worms deserving hell? Why has he called you? To restore you to the life of grace which you have lost. Return ye and live. To acquire the grace of God it would be but little to spend one hundred years in a desert in fasting and penitential austerities. But God offered it to you for a single act of sorrow. You refused that act. And after your refusal, he has not abandoned you, but has sought after you, saying, And why will you die, O house of Israel? Like a father weeping and following his son, who has voluntarily thrown himself into the sea, God has sought after you, saying, through compassion to each of you, My son, why dost thou bring thyself to eternal misery? Why will you die, O house of Israel? As a pigeon that seeks to take shelter in a tower, seeing the entrance closed on every side, continues to fly round till it finds an opening through which it can enter, so says St. Augustine, did the divine mercy act towards me when I was in enmity with God. The Lord treated you, brethren, in a similar manner. As often as you sinned, you banished him from your souls. The wicked have said to God, depart from us, and instead of abandoning you, what has the Lord done? He has placed himself at the door of your ungrateful hearts, and by his knocking has made you feel that he was outside and seeking for admission. Behold, I stand at the gate and knock. He, as it were, entreated you to have compassion on him, and to allow him to enter. Open to me my sister Open to me I will deliver you from perdition I will forget all the insults you have offered to me If you give up sin Perhaps you are unwilling to open to me Through fear of becoming poor By restoring ill-gotten goods Or by separating from a person who provided for you Am I, says the Lord, not able to provide for you? Perhaps you think that if you renounce a certain friendship which separates you from me, you shall lead a life of misery. Am I not able to content your soul and to make your life happy? Ask those who love me with their whole hearts and they will tell you that my grace makes them content and that they would not exchange their condition, though poor and humble, for all the delights and riches of the monarchs of this earth. Second point. Mercy of God in waiting for sinners to return to him. We have considered the divine mercy in calling sinners to repentance. Let us now consider his patience in waiting for their return. That great servant of God, Sancia Carrillo, a penitent of Father John of used to say that the consideration of God's patience with sinners made her desire to build a church and entitled it The Patience of God. Ah, sinners, who could ever bear with what God is borne for you? If the offenses which you have committed against God had been offered to your best friends or even to your parents, they surely would have sought revenge. When you insulted the Lord, He was able to chastise you, repeated the insult, and He did not punish your guilt, but preserved your life and provided you with sustenance. He, as it were, pretended not to see the injuries you offer to him, that you might enter into yourselves and cease to offend him. Thou overlookest the sins of men for the sake of repentance. But how, O Lord, does it happen that thou canst not as behold a single sin and that thou dost bear in silence with so many? Thy eyes are too pure to behold evil and that thou canst not look on iniquity. Why lookest thou upon them that do unjust things and holdest thy peace? Thou seest the vindictive prefer their own before thy honor. Thou beholdest the unjust, instead of restoring what they have stolen, continuing to commit theft. The unchaste, instead of being ashamed of their impurities, boasting of them before others. The scandalous, not content with the sins which they themselves commit, but seeking to draw others into rebellion against thee. Thou seest all this, and holdest thy peace, and does not inflict vengeance. All creatures, the earth, fire, air, water, because they all obey God, would by a natural instinct wish to punish the sinner, and to avenge the injury which he does to the Creator, But God through his mercy restrains them. But O Lord, thou waitest for the wicked... That they may enter into themselves. And dost thou not see that they abuse thy mercy to offer new insults to thy majesty? Thou hast been favorable to the nation, O Lord. Thou hast been favorable to the nation, art thou glorified. Thou hast waited so long for sinners, thou hast abstained from inflicting punishment. But what glory have you reaped from thy forbearance? They have become more wicked. Why so much patience with such ungrateful souls? Why dost thou continue to wait for their repentance? Why dost thou now chastise their wickedness? The same prophet answers, The Lord waiteth that he may have mercy on you. God waits for sinners that they may one day repent, and after their repentance he may pardon and save them. As I live, saith the Lord, I desire not the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. St. Augustine goes so far as to say that the Lord, if he were not God, should be unjust on account of his excessive patience towards sinners. By waiting for those who abuse his patience to multiply their sins, God appears to do an injustice to the divine honor. We, continues the saint, sin, we adhere to sin. Some of us become familiar and intimate with sin and speak for months and years in this miserable state. We rejoice at sin. some of us go so far as to boast of our wickedness. And thou art appeased. We provoke thee to anger. Thou dost invite us to mercy. We and God appear to be as it were engaged in a contest. In which we labor to provoke him to chastise our guilt. And he invites us to pardon. Lord exclaimed holy Job. What is man that thou dost entertain so great an esteem for him? Why dost thou love him so tenderly? What is man that thou should magnify him? Or why dost thou set thy heart upon him? St. Denis says that God seeks after sinners like a despised lover, entreating them not to destroy themselves. Why, O ungrateful soul, do you fly from me? I love you. I desire nothing but your welfare. Ah, sinners, says St. Teresa, remember that he who now calls and seeks after you is the God who shall one day be your judge. You are lost. The great mercies which he now shows you shall be the greatest torments which you shall suffer in hell. Third point, mercy of God in receiving penitent sinners. Should a subject who has rebelled against an earthly monarch go into the presence of his sovereign to ask pardon, the prince instantly banishes the rebel from his sight and does not condescend even to look at him. But God does not treat us in this manner when we go with humility. Before him to implore mercy and forgiveness. The Lord your God is merciful. And will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. God cannot turn away his face from those who cast themselves at his feet. With a humble and contrite heart. Jesus himself has protested that he will not reject anyone who returns to him. And him that comes to me I will not cast out. But how can he reject those whom he himself invites to return and promises to embrace? Return to me, saith the Lord, and I will receive thee. And in other places he says, Sinners, I ought to turn my back on you, because you first turn your back on me. But be converted to me, and I will be converted to you. Turn to me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn to you, saith the Lord of hosts. Oh, with what tenderness does God embrace a sinner that returns to him? This tenderness Jesus Christ wished to declare to us when he said that he is the good pastor who, as soon as he finds the lost sheep, embraces it and places it on his own shoulders. And when he hath found it, doth he lay it upon his shoulders rejoicing. This tenderness also appears in the parable of the prodigal son in which Jesus Christ tells us that he is the good father who, when his lost son returns, goes to meet him, embraces and kisses him and, as it were, swoons away through joy in receiving him. And running to him, he fell upon his neck and kissed him. God protests that when sinners repent of their iniquities, he will forget all their sins, as if they had never offended him. But if the wicked do penance for all the sins which he hath committed living, he shall live and shall not die. I will not remember all his iniquities that he hath done By the prophet Isaiah, the Lord goes so far as to say, Come and accuse me, saith the Lord. If your sins be as scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. Mark the words, come and accuse me. As if the Lord said, sinners, come to me, and if I do not pardon and embrace you, reprove me. upbraid me with violating my promise. But no, God cannot despise a a humble and contrite heart. A contrite and humble heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. To show mercy and to grant pardon to sinners, God regards as redounding to His own glory, and therefore shall be exalted, sparing you. The Holy Church says that God displays His omnipotence in granting pardon and mercy to sinners. O God, who manifest Thy omnipotence in sparing and showing mercy, do not imagine, dearly beloved sinners, that God requires of you to labor for a long time before He grants you pardon. As soon as you wish for forgiveness, he is ready to give it. Behold what the scripture says, Weeping, thou shalt not weep. He will surely have pity on me. You shall not have to weep for a long time. As soon as you shall have shed the first tear through sorrow for your sins, God will have mercy on you. The voice of their cry, as soon as he shall hear, he will answer thee. The moment he shall here you say, forgive me, O oh my God, forgive me. He will instantly answer and grant you pardon. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Alphonsus de Liguere, pray for us, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.